This is Josh Mills. This is Anne-Marie Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are very happy to have you guys back. And uh, I guess when this comes out, Happy New Year to everybody. Happy New Year! It's 2022! It's 2022. Everyone walk slowly and don't touch anything. <laughs> I'm waiting to see the terms and conditions. Exactly. And we are here for a, a cocktail podcast. And I've got Marie here with me, uh, giving Dad a little bit of a break while we've got Marie in town. We've never actually done just a brother-sister cocktail. Watch out, world. Brother-sister. I <laughs> know, it's, it's about to get weird. So we're doing cocktails this week. And Marie, you actually kind of came up with the ideas for this one. So why don't you tell everybody what we're doing? Yeah, so I was... Reading through some of my old food and wine magazines, um, looking for you know random inspiration, um, and came across an article called "Shake It Up" uh, with five basic cocktail recipes in it. So they have bitter, bubbly, tart, fizzy, and boozy, uh, with all just basic recipes. And I thought it would be a fun idea to pick one of those types and both make the same type with different ingredients and see how it turns out. Cool. And uh, which one are we doing? We're doing fizzies. We're doing fizzies. That's right. We're going to be doing the fizzy cocktail. So, Marie, what did you do as your fizzy cocktail? I did a Kentucky Mule. A Kentucky Mule. And we'll talk about what makes a Kentucky Mule a Kentucky Mule uh, as we go on. And then I'm doing a cocktail that I just came up with. <laughs> I <don't laughs> took really, the recipe and ran with don't it. Really <laughs> have a, I don't really have a name for it. And I'll talk about kind of my parts of it as we get going through the episode and um along with this so we don't get too drunk um we have just a little snack mix we've got you know what is this this is the crack snack in it snacky Snacky snack snack mixy mix mix from imperfect foods if you know you know Mm -hmm. uh then some homemade checks mix got a little honey baked ham and then some pub cheese to go along with it so no actual pairings just try not to get hammered Yep, mom would be so proud. <laughs> she would be. Dad would be like, "What's all this food doing?" On it's a it's a cocktail episode. <laughs> but anyway, so all right, Marie. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and get started. You want to start with yours? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So here's the Kentucky Mule. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. Such a good cocktail. So yummy. So easy to make. Yeah. So remind everybody what is in a Kentucky. Mule. Yeah, so Kentucky mules are known for using bourbon instead of what you might know as a Moscow mule, which is vodka-based. Um, and then you use lime juice, some simple syrup, and ginger beer. Okay, and you followed the, the, the proportion. Yeah, exactly. so the, the recipe in the Food and Wine magazine is one and a half ounces of spirit, a half ounce of citrus, a half ounce of sweetener, and two ounces of carbonation. I think I went a little over because I was just topping it off. Right. Um, but yeah, so I used Woodford Reserve bourbon for my spirit, okay. um, lime juice for my citrus, plain simple syrup, and then Fever Tree ginger beer for my carbonation. Very cool. And so for, for those of you that kind of have may have heard of the Moscow Mule, so for those of you who may have never heard of the Kentucky Mule, um, you're probably very familiar with the Moscow Mule. I mean, it's a bar favorite, and it is ginger beer, lime juice, and vodka. So a lot of people have been playing with mules recently, Mm -hmm. and I think Kentucky was one of the first ones because, you know, it's kind of along the lines of a julep. Like It's almost like a simple julep. Yeah. Uh, It doesn't require their fancy syrups. No, and bourbon plays really well with all these flavors. Yeah. I did one for a cocktail. I did a Kentucky mule. Actually, we called it an Arkansas mule because we used Rocktown bourbon. Yeah. And I found this recipe where you you grate, like you zest the lime. You zest a bunch oh. of limes and you put it with really, really spicy ginger beer and then you freeze it. Oh. And then that becomes your ice. Fancy. It was really, really good. And what was, I think it was like Fenderman. I think it's like Fenderman's ginger beer. Okay. It like prickles your tongue super oh, spice. Oh, uh, yeah. So if you really like ginger beer, that's another one. I mean, there. this is also, if you've had a dark and stormy, yep. it's basically what this is, just with rum. Uh, yep. A lot of people have, I've heard of uh, Oaxaca, a yeah. Oaxaca mule, which is with tequila. Yeah. And when I was doing some research, because I, I came across Kentucky mules at a bar you know, back in my consulting days, uh-huh. and I, someone was like, what do you want? I was like, I don't know. 
your, you know, they had like a Moscow mule on special or something. I was like, that sounds kind of good, but I don't really like vodka. And they're like, oh, do you like, you know, what do you like? I said bourbon. And they're like, oh, well, I'll just make you a Kentucky mule then. I was like, oh, I've never heard of this. What is this magic you speak of? What is this movie? <laughs> so that was my introduction to it. I guess when I was looking into this, I guess the they were originally called Bucks. I don't know hmm. when they switched from being bucks to mules, but let's do some animal research maybe yeah, another know. day. But <laughs> so there's a whole list. If you go to the, the Wikipedia page, there's Portuguese mules with Pinquita, which I'm probably not pronouncing. You know, you hmm. can do an Aussie mule with Bundaberg rum or yeah, Bundaberg rum and Bundaberg ginger beer. Oh, uh, okay. That's uh, another really, that's another like back black trap molasses yeah. ginger beer too. Yeah. A bohemian mule with absinthe. I was like, well, that uh, sounds weird. Um, so, but anyways, what you could do. There. Oh my gosh, this would be kind of cool. So, you know how you do an absinthe drip, right? Mm-hmm. So, you sugar cube, drip, 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 you drip, water, water, water. Imagine doing it with ginger beer, though. Mm-hmm. Or like some ginger water. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. That would be kind of, I think that would be, be interesting. Fun. I still wouldn't like it because I don't care for absinthe, but. Right. You know, there, there are many, many different variations and i thought that just spoke really nicely to the fact that this recipe is widely used yeah with various different mixes which i thought was kind of fun yeah it's super simple it's three you know three well technically four ingredients yeah and it like it lends itself the lime and the ginger lend itself to anything really yeah Yeah. and i think you know i've heard a, a story i can't remember where i heard it of why they're called mules is if you if you uh, if you're not careful, they'll kick you. They'll kick you in the face <laughs> because I it's, see that. it's sneaky. Mm-hmm. It's a sneaky cocktail, and that's why there's a lot of people that will be drinking tons of them and then just be like, hmm. "Yeah." My my favorite variant was the um, Moscow Mole, which is Mountain Dew and vodka. Ew. Sounds awful, but I'm also pretty sounds sure I know people who drink that on regular. <laughs> sounds really gross. Yeah. Anyways, it was tasty, simple recipe. You could use any bourbon. We just used what Dad had at home. Yeah. You know, I I mean, if you broke this down even further, it's the same as having a whiskey and ginger. <laughs> yeah. Even simpler, just down to two. Yeah. Two ingredients, which I do pretty regularly at home. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could do an Irish. I mean, Irish mules with yep. Irish whiskey. Yeah. You know, it's almost like if you like a Jameson and ginger. Yeah. You would really like this, or a Jim and ginger. Yeah. And the the recipe in the magazine that they used as an example was um, a Irish buck, which was Irish whiskey, lemon juice, honey syrup, and spicy ginger beer. I was like, that sounds like a nice warming up. Yeah. Maybe they call it a buck because if you have too many of them, you'll, you'll <laughs> fall on your back like a, like you've been bucked from a bronco <laughs> or from a mule. Mm-hmm. Got to be careful. Yeah. Well, they say this, you know, goes all the way back to the 40s in, mm-hmm. you know, in New York City in the cocktail culture. I mean, 40s, it's kind of surprising that after this, after the war, mm-hmm. that they would have, you know, something Russian. Well, or vodka. What I read was it. Well, there's a couple different stories with all with all cocktails. There's a couple different stories. And Moscow Mule apparently um, came from some liquor magnets like big wigs in the liquor industry smirnoff i think specifically probably and they were sitting in a bar with the guy who owned cock and bull uh which does ginger beer yep and they couldn't they had a bunch of ex- you know the other story says well the bar- bartender had an extra bunch extra of those ingredients and so made something to try to clear the cellar <laughs> either way yeah. you know they really made a name for it as the moscow mule mm-hmm to help kind of sell both of those ingredients. This is not the spiciest ginger beer. No, would you use fever fever tree? Yeah, the fever tree. Um, I'm not a, like I've bought some other ones before. I don't love them when they're super spicy. Like yeah. I don't need to get heartburn from it. That Fenderman's man. <laughs> oh boy, but it was really it was it worked really really well as the ice. Yeah, which I thought was really cool because you don't. As you drink the cocktail, you get kind of more and more of that gingery mm-hmm. spice, and it came through really well. And I think, you know, it it sounds 
I mean, it it was it was weird to do at the time because I'm like, freezes, really? Are you mm-hmm. sure? Are you sure this is actually what I'm I'm supposed to do? And I did it, and because I kind of broke it up and made it like a granita, mm-hmm. like kind of in that. So when you poured the liquor on it, it just kind of melted. You didn't really have to, and it may it was so good for a large group mm-hmm. because all you had to do was prep the glasses, pour the booze. Yeah, that was it. That's which nice. made it really nice. This is a fun cocktail, like a yeah. party cocktail too. Yeah, you could easily do this in a punch bowl with one of those big old ice cubes and yeah, keep it cold and then have people just, you know, use sonic ice or regular <laughs> ice. We put sonic ice in it today. Yeah. But yeah, it, very simple, very approachable. It's not <laughs> super boozy. I think if I were making it just to make it, I would probably be using more like two ounces, mm-hmm. um, a little bit more. Because I like my drinks a little bit stronger, just like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I kind of like two ounces as my standard pour, my yeah. standard liquor pour. And I mean, I understand why people do an ounce and a half. You know, it's the standard jigger. Yeah. But I think two ounces just lends you to much more fluidity. And especially when you're trying to break stuff down into parts. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. It's easier. It's easier to divide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For my cocktail, we were doing math in the kitchen. Because <laughs> since I, I mine is in a Collins glass, and these are traditionally served in about an old double fashioned size yeah. glass, I was like, "Well, I've got to, I've got to bump it up a little bit just for volume's sake," because I didn't want to have too much of my my fizzy. Yeah. And I was like, "Okay, well, it's it's one to three to five. So if I do this, I was like, <laughs> God, this was nice too algebra. If it was two, it would be it would be so much it would be so much simpler to me." Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but. Yeah. And traditionally, these are served in the like mule copper mugs that are not supposed to be copper because you don't want to poison yourself. Um, yeah. So make sure yours are lined with <laughs> aluminum. Yes, please. Non-reactive stainless steel. Yeah. You don't want the lime juice and the ginger acidity to be reacting with your copper and poisoning your party. <laughs> um, please don't do that. We we ha- we couldn't find any at home. Uh, so we use this like hammered copper want like massive wine cups um that are insulated which is pretty fun so jordan and i got these in a like a secret santa oh nice and it was like a cocktail thing like it had some vodka mm-hmm. it had a bottle of ginger beer had like some buffalo trace and some nice so, so it was a cocktail. it was like meant to be cocktail mm-hmm. kind of thing and they're they're insulated which is nice yeah because that's one of the things i i don't like when i use copper because my hand is too my hand's too big for the handles. Right. And so then you have to grab it and you're just grab like, it. Am I getting frostbite on my fucking right? fingers? Right. You're like fingers are freezing, it's like condensating on the outside and then frosting and it's it's yeah, I agree. They're not my favorite. I typically even if I were making it at home wouldn't necessarily drink it out of that unless I was trying to be fancy. <laughs> yeah. So you said you you discovered this cocktail while you were out consulting? Mm-hmm. Do you remember where? Most likely San Jose, because that's where I spent most of my time when I was consulting. Yeah. I it's a very distinct memory of like walking into some bar restaurant and when I consulted and I was kind of out on my own, I just went up to the bar to eat dinner. Most comfortable place to eat when you're by yourself. Yeah. You get a table for two, go sit at the bar. You have mm-hmm. someone to talk to who will generally bartenders are fairly friendly. So Unless uh, you're trying to get into a high end restaurant because they are sometimes <laughs> Even if they're booked, there's some re- there's some restaurateurs that have a, a solo policy. Yeah. Even if they're full, if one person walks up to eat by themselves, they'll find a way. Yeah. Now, they really restrict the menu, but. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard like Thomas, I think Thomas Keller does that. Yeah. Yeah. So I couldn't tell you what the restaurant is. I think I'm pretty sure it was somewhere in the San Jose area. Santa Clara, maybe. Yeah. And I don't even think it was, it might have been like an Italian kind of restaurant, to be honest, but, you know, sometimes you just want a cocktail after a long time. <laughs> Especially, you know, hearing Especially some of your what stories. I was doing. I probably, probably had my laptop with me, probably pulled it out between ordering my drink and ordering dinner, um, <laughs> or was going back to the hotel afterwards to right. do more work. <laughs> so you have just recently, I'm going to toot your horn a little oh, bit. Oh, okay. You have just recently ticked off. All seven continents. I have. 
So as many of you know, longtime listeners, we are a big traveling family. Mm-hmm. Marie is the first to check off all seven continents. So what was that yeah. like? Because then it was also around your birthday, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of had this realization that if I could do all seven before I turned 40, that would be pretty awesome. Um, and so I went to Antarctica back in 2015, actually shortly after I started Deloitte, um, I had this like three week trip and I was like, hey, guys, <laughs> just so you know, before you hire me and I start like three weeks after I start, I have to go on this trip. I'm not I'm not not going. It's for science. <laughs> I have to go count penguins. I have to go help with the whale research. (laughs) That is probably like one of the most epic trips ever. I went with a wonderful company called One Ocean. Um, I think they're still out there sailing trips. Uh, And it was just so special. And so to get to Antarctica, you go through South America. So that was my first time to South America as well. Where did you go in South America? We flew through Buenos Aires. And then uh, we stayed down in Ushuaia, which is where the boat left from to go to Antarctica. So it was um, a little bit of a little bit of both parts of Argentina, the north and the south. Yeah. Kind of down by Patagonia, which is really pretty, too. Mm-hmm. And then um, the most recent trip was Africa. Um, <laughs> from a price point, Africa and Antarctica both cost me quite a bit of money. <laughs> right. <laughs> they're, they're not cheap trips, uh, but they are so worth it. So my friend Courtney and I, we had planned to go um, so she could go on an African safari before she turned 40. And then 2020 happened. Boo. <laughs> yeah. Still angry about it, but I'll forgive it if it gets nicer here soon. Yeah. Knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, so we had originally planned on going in the summer of 2020. Obviously, um, we could not do that. So uh, they gave us the option to reschedule. We said, hey, you know, like one year out doesn't like she's in the healthcare industry. So she's like, I don't think this is going to be gone in a year. (laughs) Yeah. I think we should try for more like 15 months, like go to the other edge of the season. Mm. So we went, we literally landed in Johannesburg on my birthday this year, which was pretty cool. Uh, Upgraded myself to Delta One (laughs) since (laughs) I was a long flight. (laughs) It's a 16 and a half hour flight from. Atlanta, Johannesburg, um, one of the longest flights in the world, I think. Um, But, you know, it was relatively cheap to upgrade. So we were like, let's just do it. Get the little suites. (laughs) (laughs) It's really nice to be able to close a door, even if it's not a full height door and like lay down. Yeah. So much more comfortable. Um, And then so we spent just like two days in Johannesburg, um, one touring day and then traveling and we went up to Victoria Falls in Zimbabwe. Spent a couple days there. <laughs> so pretty. I bet. Uh, Were there a bunch of people there? No, it was, it felt like just this crazy VIP experience because we went to the falls. You typically go in the morning for your tour. And so our tour guide picked us up at like eight. We had our COVID test <laughs> right before then because you have to have a COVID test for every border means you're getting tested just all the time if you're going to multiple countries yeah uh they're super great about it though so we got up uh went and saw the falls it was so we had a tour guide and the two of us Mm -hmm. and then i am pretty sure we saw about five or six people (laughs) (laughs) in all of the zimbabwe side of the park that weren't workers it was just crazy empty yeah but i mean (laughs) We weren't fighting for the photos. <laughs> we had, I know. Like, just great views and vistas, and it was really a pretty special experience. And then we decided, since we were able to get our COVID test in the morning and have the results by lunchtime, we could arrange to go across the river to Zambia. Um, and we had bought the, there's like a two-country visa you can buy when you land. So we had done that on the off chance we could make it work. Yeah. You know, anytime you can check off an extra country, check off an extra country. Exactly. <laughs> That's how we operate. Yeah, when it doesn't really cost you much. Right. In, especially in the scheme of the in trip. In the scheme of the things, yeah. So we went over uh, to the other side, had a late lunch over there, and then walked through the Zambia side of the park, which is much smaller. Uh, Zimbabwe has the majority. It's like they can see about 75% of the falls. Okay. From the Zambia or from the Zimbabwe side, the Zambia side, it's much smaller. Okay. Um, so that's why most people will go to Zimbabwe. Yeah. 
And then we safaried for like a week. <laughs> and that was another VIP crazy experience with like upgrades. Like there's no one there. We had our private tour guide every day. We went on all these drives. We had like the animals showed up for us. Like we got off our little aircraft. The guy goes, you know, it's, it's basically midday here. So it's pretty hot. Most of the animals are going in for their afternoon naps. And so we probably won't see much, but like we'll point out what we see. So we saw we saw some impala. And then I go, Oh look, a baby impala. And he goes, Oh, that's not a baby, that's this other call a steenbuck, another type of impala or antelope. Yeah. And then we're passing a little water hole and I'm like, Oh look, white crane, that's really cool. And then the the there was a guide sitting in our in the back of our truck because they had dropped off one for someone else. He goes, Wait, wait, wait. We're like, What? What do you see? It's like there's a leopard under that tree. <laughs> Leopards are really hard fought because yeah. they're solitary mm-hmm. and they typically only move at night. Yeah. So uh, that was really special. And then we proceeded to see elephants. So many elephants. We saw 10 lions that day uh, in a pride. Um, I mean, I can recount all the things and it was so special. <laughs> right. Uh, really fabulous. We went to two different camps um, in Botswana. And um, saw just tons of amazing animals. And then uh, went back to South Africa and went to wine country, uh, Franschhoek, which is kind of French Quarter, settled <laughs> by the Huguenots. Yeah. Um, so in all of your awesome. in your travels, yeah. you know, that sounds so fantastic. I know. I, I could talk about it for hours. <laughs> I know. She, she, she could literally talk about it. What is it, about 300 pages in your photo book? That's going to be something, something like, like that, that. Just for that one trip. But in in all your travels that you've done, mm-hmm. um, I know food and wine or food and beverage has always yeah. been a big part of it. What are some of your greatest memories mm-hmm. when it comes to cocktails? Ooh, cocktails! Yeah, since we're doing this, and I know we've yeah. talked about the wine, we've mm-hmm. talked about the other stuff and the other podcasts that we did. But when it comes to cocktails specifically, what are some of those experiences that you can recount? Even if it's just you know in local travel when you when you're yeah. doing consulting and stuff man i'm gonna have to eat this cracker a little bit slower um <laughs> trying to think of cocktails specifically i think um you know there's been i mean probably more more spirits related than cocktails but um between jobs uh before i started algorithmia i went over to UK essentially. <laughs> <laughs> I went to go see Wimbledon and uh, visited a friend in the in uh, London area, and then went uh, to Isla. Uh, okay. Which I'm not the peavy smoky whiskey girl, but my friend Courtney, she had lived over in the UK for a while, and she said Isla is just beautiful. Yeah. So I did go over there and tasted. I think we went to seven. Seven of the eight distilleries on Isla. Um, Quitter. <laughs> well, they were closed for maintenance. Quitter. And one hadn't started actually producing um, or selling their their scotch yet because they had only been around for a year. So, so they're still still aging. Still aging it. So maybe a- some gin, but you know, <laughs> maybe selling a little bit to the the yeah. blended boys just so they can keep their doors exactly. open. Exactly, but so. I that's when I tasted botanist for the first time, which is mom's favorite G and T. Did you gin. did you bring it back and introduce it to her? For some reason, I thought that that was an external thing. I didn't I didn't think it was when they went there they tried it. Couldn't remember that story, but I I don't think I brought it home. But I think it was very close together that that happened. Okay, you may have been talking about it, and mom may have seen it because it's distributed yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Something and then she like tried that. it. Now I know for me, when I so when I tr- most of the time when I travel, it's been wine trips, mm-hmm. and so liquor or cocktails is de facto for some people at the yeah. at the end of the day. <laughs> for me, I usually just keep drinking wine. I'm yeah. like I, I'm not tired of this, right? Like I don't understand why you guys. <laughs> I don't understand. Why, when we're in Champagne, we're staying. Why are we not drinking in, Champagne all day? <laughs> we are in Epernay. Yes, we drank champagne all day. Why are you ordering a rum and diet? <laughs> Why are you things. ordering a beer? Like, seriously? I'll take another glass of rosé champagne. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't care. That did bring up a good cocktail memory. 
Um, so Courtney and I, when we travel together, we do tend to schedule in wine country at some point. We're generally traveling for a couple of weeks, and we went 2019, something like that. Which trip? South America. So we went, mm-hmm. uh, Machu Picchu was the main event uh, for the this trip. So we went to Lima and then Machu Picchu, which is fantastic. Yeah. So cool. Um, and then we decided to go down to Santiago in Chile and do, you know, just a couple of days there. Again, our theory is... If it's not that difficult, hit the extra country. <laughs> exactly. And then Santiago is not far from a lot of the wine country in Chile. Yeah. Yeah. So we were in Chile. We did a, a one-day tour over to the coast that included some wine tasting. Mm-hmm. But in the city there, I had been reading one of the guidebooks. And they're like, there is this cocktail you could only get at this one place. And they will only serve you two. Oh, okay. Challenge accepted. Two at once? <laughs> two. During your total. visit. <laughs> so if I walk out and I come back in, is that a new visit? Uh, you're pretty noticeable. Probably not. <laughs> uh, so, so if you've been to Chile, you know that they speak Spanish, but they don't speak Spanish Spanish. They speak this very different version of Spanish. So I know a little bit of Spanish, enough to like get me through most things. I do not know Chilean Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we we found this place. It's kind of looks like a hole in a wall, but it's quite large. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the name of the drink, but it comes out and it's pink. It has like four or five different types of liquor in it and a scoop of ice cream. Scoop of ice cream? A scoop of ice cream. Okay. I'm intrigued. Yeah. And it's like, it's such a... It, I can't even remember it distinctly because let's just be honest, we had two. Because each had two. So things happened. Um, Courtney's kind of a light. <laughs> she might be listening. I don't know how she'll feel about that. Well, Dad edited that out. <laughs> but um, so you know, it was like we just started giggling at some point because it was just like a like first of all, it took us a good five minutes to figure out how to communicate to the waiter what we wanted. We couldn't pronounce the word correctly. We <laughs> he was confused as to why these two white girls wanted this drink. I don't know. It why was, do they each want one? Why what is do they going need on? one each? I don't know. Anyways, it was it was quite an experience. Um, and fortunately, we were prepared in that like we had at least grabbed like the business card of our hotels. Like when we got in a taxi, like we could show them where we were going and. Um, <laughs> Our taxi driver actually spoke pretty good English and wanted to practice, yeah. which is great. Um, but yeah, that was a pretty <laughs> distinctly <laughs> cocktail experience that that was that was really fun. Lots of memories, lots of giggles, lots of really bad photos taken because we weren't sober. <laughs> so I had I can't remember if I told the story in the podcast or not. Jordan and I at one point when we were in New Orleans, um, her brother was like, "Hey." Uh, my girlfriend and I are meeting some people at this little Pisco bar. You guys want to come? We're like, uh, sure. Yeah. Why not? So we go to this Pisco bar. It's in a like super $450 a night hotel that you would have no idea from the street that it's that nice. Like just in a random alley. Pisco bar. We walk in. Bar. Cocktails. Over to my first round. And we end up have my first round. Delicious. Pisco, mm-hmm. if you've never had Pisco, it's really, really good. It's super, super good. Well, so then they come around for the next order. Like somebody was going up to the bar. Like, anybody want another one? I was like, I'll take I'll take another one. I was, what do you want? I was like, well, didn't have a menu in front of me. I'll, I'll, I'll take whatever's second on the menu. Yeah. So I get that. Chat and chat, chat away. Well, he comes back with cocktails. And so does the bartender. <laughs> and the bartender has this bowl. And Jordan, as when she tells the story, she's like, I thought somebody ordered noodles because they had food and they were like mm. noodles. He's like, oh, I thought somebody ordered some noodles. Well, tucked underneath his arm was also a blowtorch. Oh, my goodness. So it, drinks are being passed around and then it finally comes down to me and he puts this bowl. <laughs> and we're talking like probably, you know, 15, 20 ounce bowl. Gosh. In a front scorpion of me. bowl for yourself. In front of me. <laughs> and it's, cr- you know, full of crushed ice and liquid. And then there are these two turned upside, like inside out limes that he, psh, psh, he lights on fire in his Pisco. 
<laughs> come to find out that this this drink, it's like usually for two or three. <laughs> I was like, challenge accepted. Yep. <laughs> and it was really fruity. It was really good. Yeah. But it was a lot of fruit juice in it. <laughs> yeah. It was just funny that this big old bowl of Pisco came out. <laughs> it sat down in front of me with a couple straws and I'm like, Gosh. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Reminds me of uh, Scorpion Bowl challenges we did in consulting. That's not healthy. Mm-mm. Rush to the bottom is never good. Oh. Although you remember that, um, speaking of cocktails, the punch bar we went to in San oh. Francisco. Have no. we? Have you talked about that on this podcast? I've talked a little bit about Novella. Oh. It is probably one of the coolest bars I think so I've fun. ever been to. I hope it's still open. I hope so too. I don't know. Um, but they had so much fun beverages i think we should do a punch episode at some point yeah so it was so it was called novella it was a um it was like a literary themed punch bar and that's what they were they were only only punches so well Well, let's uh are you finished with yours i'm done with mine should we move on yeah well uh let's transition over and then i'll tell the story about novella Mm -hmm. give it a little stir so my cocktail my fizzy cocktail is, I have no idea what to call it yet. Uh, maybe we'll come up with it. It probably needs to be stirred. Yeah. So I followed a little bit of the same recipe. Well, so mine is served in a Collins glass. So I upped my liquor to two ounces. So I did two ounces of tequila. I did about an ounce of Satsuma juice, fresh squeezed Satsuma juice. Which if yep. you've never had a Satsuma, they're so, so good. So good. And a little bit of salt, because I think every tequila drink needs yes. salt. I shook that up, and then I topped it with a blood orange soda. So that's why there's no sweetener in it. Satsumas are a little bit sweeter, and then the blood orange soda itself yeah. has some inherent sweetness. So, And then I served it in a, in a Collins glass over just an ice. Yeah, that's really nice. You get a little bit of the Satsuma, a little bit of blood orange. Not overwhelmingly tequila, mm-hmm. but you can taste it. And I use really good Añejo tequila. Um, I would suggest, gosh, it tastes like an orange cream soda. Sorry, I had that. I just got a sip that t- tastes more like that <laughs> than my previous sips. I see what you're saying. <laughs> um, uh, but I use really good uh, Añejo tequila. I use the Casamigas Añejo, yeah. which is really good. I would not make this with Blanco tequila. No. Uh, I would definitely use Reposado or Añejo. Yeah. Um, if you have it around, um, it just gives it like a really big depth and that vanilla from it being yeah. aged. It really does taste like orange creamsicle. You you call it like an orange sunrise or something. It's, it's not quite a tequila, tequila sunrise or tequila sunset. It's tequila, tequila sunrise. Maybe maybe this is the it's orange te- sunset. The I don't tequila know. sunset. <laughs> anyway. We're not the namers. We are definitely not the namers. Those of you who listen out there, who are the creatives, <laughs> the marketers, the designers, let us know what we should call this cocktail because <laughs> we have no idea. Around the holidays, uh, Nate, Nate Tate, who's been on the episode, who's been on an episode before uh, with the uh, Sun Boy, he, uh, he texted me and was like, hey. I'm going to have some people over for uh, Christmas cocktails. What you got? I was like, I was uh, like busted some out. <laughs> he goes, wow, that one sounds really good. What do you call it? And I go, oh, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know. I just made it up. <laughs> then Let we tried if... to name it last night when we made it. We, uh, we didn't come up with anything. Good. I was like, listen, you, I am not the namer. <laughs> Definitely not the namer of the no. cocktail. Oh. But speaking of the, speaking of like names, of cocktails, we were talking about novella. Mm-hmm. All of their punches, so they were, they were, uh, they didn't do strictly punches, but that was their main thing. And they had like drafts of punches. Yeah. You could order them like by the bowl, you could order them by the cup, but all their punches were named after authors, which, yeah, authors are books. Um, I know I had like the Ernest Hemingway. Yeah. Which was a milk punch. Which milk punch, yeah. But it was so cool. Just to ha- like to have that concept of, yeah. hey, look, we're going to have these pre-made and you can just pour it up and, you know, you can have a big punch bowl with your friends. I would like to inform you they are still open. Yes. In fact, they're having a New Year's Eve celebration that is Gatsby themed. So too bad this is coming out after New Year's for, Sorry, guys. for all of our California listeners out there. Oh, my goodness. Anyways, yeah, they, they are so much fun. 
It was down in Fidei, wasn't it? In the financial yeah, district. basically in the fi- financial district, kind of close to Soma. It was, but yeah, more Fidei than anything else. Yeah, I know we were talking about going to the that that night. We were talking about trying to go to the speakeasy. Yeah. That's down near there, but we saw this one and just popped in instead. Yeah. Because I had just recently had milk punches that were like locally made. Mm-hmm. And I saw this punch. I was like, Marie, let's go to this punch bar. They really have some choice. really yummy punches right now. Mm-hmm. A mango rum punch. Um, Hemingway's Code Hero with Dickel Rye, Bushmill, Arbeg. Wow. Ooh. That's- that's a full head of hair. Uh, maraschino pims, Earl Grey grapefruit, and lemon. Balance of that has got to be just right. <laughs> yeah. And then they have a strawberry mezcal punch as well, which sounds lovely. Yeah, it was a, it was such a cool bar to go into, and it was great that we just kind of like stumbled on it too. Yeah, I feel like that's how I found like my favorite places in San Francisco is like. You tried to go one place and you ended up somewhere else because it was closer or easier or you were cold. Like, <laughs> right. Fill in the blank. We had that one bar we went to where it was like spin a shot or something. Oh, the game room. Yeah. That was a funny place that I had so, randomly stumbled on. It was an arc. It was an arcade bar. Yeah. Before arcade bars were cool. <laughs> and not like done by a nerd arcade bar. Mm-mm. It was just, we've got these games, let's put them out. And then they had a uh, spin and drink. Mm-hmm. And it was like, so you don't know what you want to drink? You can spin the wheel and figure out what you want. And it was like one through 12, and they pulled the bottle out. No, that's not what you're thinking of. You're thinking of a different place. You're thinking of a box of shots. The box of shots, that's what I'm thinking of. box of shots was, I don't know if that was San Francisco or not. Oh, it was. It was. Because I had a, th- I remember having a thought. Cause I never felt totally settled in San Francisco. Yeah. I remember having a thought of like this place could be my like my home bar. But it wasn't close. It but wasn't, it wasn't close enough. It yeah. wasn't like. It wasn't easy to get. It wasn't close. always walkable. Right. A little sketchy. But yeah. So <laughs> so there were two. Uh, so there were two that you were thinking of. There's the arcade bar that you would spend for the drink. And then the little random place that had a box of shots. And <clears throat> honestly, it was like a box made out of the 1990s bathroom glass tiles, <laughs> glass cube tiles that are kind of not really see-through. And then they would like light them. And then they had 10 to 12 bottles sitting there. So you can't tell what it is. It was like three bucks a shot. Yeah. And it was just pick a number. Yeah. <laughs> I think you picked... I ended the up... one you picked was like Bacardi O'Cart. Maybe. I think it was. I can't remember what I had. One of us had a like licorice anise Fernet Blanca or something. That was. Yeah. Fernet. Oh. Yeah. I never. <laughs> I never got behind that. People love it though. Mm-hmm. The bartender's handshake. As they say. Yeah. No, that's a fun one. But this one, I I kind of like this. I can't get a, I can't get the orange creamsicle <laughs> taste out of my head. But it really does that. Satsumas are really sweet, kind of orange. Yeah. Um, it's almost like it's not quite to a clementine sweet, but it has that still really good orangey flavor of a tangerine. And the blood orange doesn't do a whole lot. Um, the blood orange soda is not very fizzy either. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not the fizziest of cocktails. No, and I mean, you know, we're having this about you know forty forty five minutes after it was made too. Yeah, so some of that's kind of worn off. <laughs> yeah. So, what are some of your? You have probably more cocktail memories with mom and dad than I. What are some of your out drinking memories with mom and dad? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Well, when I graduated from Vanderbilt, actually, I probably got both graduation stories here. <laughs> Let's start with Purdue. Um, so when I graduated Purdue, they came up, and we have Harry's Bar, which I think we've probably mentioned on this podcast before. Yeah. Um, rumored to be an ex-speakeasy, but history shows not exactly. 
Whatever, it's fun. They still store the liquor underground, which is amusing when they have to go get it in the middle of the night. Um, <laughs> but so we went out for drinks the night before graduation. Uh oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> in fact, auto is the right term here. <laughs> Let's just say I did not feel at my best for my graduation ceremony. <laughs> Did make it across the stage. Didn't puke in my seat. Pretty proud of that. <laughs> I mean, um, that's all you can ask for, really. <laughs> I definitely remember mom at one point saying, well, um, your grandmother wants to take photos, so you're going to smile, grin, bear it, and I don't care. You made bad choices. This is your fault. <laughs> <laughs> but So we had a, a booth at Harry's with... My parents, Melissa's parents, because she was also graduating that day, um, and some of our friends, and somebody ordered frickin' mind erasers. So what's in a mind Well, we're going to have to Google to find out, because it's not like I remember, because it's called a mind my... eraser, Josh. Well, you keep telling the story, and I'll look it. <laughs> so the mind eraser is one of those shots that they give you a straw, and you're supposed to drink it all. Through a straw? Through a straw, and it's massive. So that's how you get fucked up, people, yes. by drinking it all through a straw in a matter of moments instead of a matter of hours. <laughs> and it's not that good. It's like, what, what's in it? Have you found it? Well, it's so it it says that it's like a fizzy version of a black Russian. So let's see here. The mind eraser shot is a... I hate blogs. I hate blog recipes. So, coffee liqueur, vodka, and club soda. I feel like there was some gross whipped cream and. Oh, they probably put yeah. It was it was real nasty. <laughs> Anyways, it, it not something I would recommend. But that was a very vivid memory because they basically then threw it in my face the next day. <laughs> um, and we've gone back and we'll like if if we went to a Purdue football game for my birthday a couple years ago. Um, yeah, and we'll go to Harry's and have a couple drinks there. I always love their bar cocktails, the Gulfstream Mind Eraser. No, <laughs> no, we don't speak of that. Um, and then oh, I had a, a so then Vanderbilt when I graduated there. Um, so I met Courtney at Vanderbilt, so that's how we became really good friends. So she hosted. A little graduation party for our families, um, kind of families of our close friends group. And her mom made margaritas. Oh. And not dad style margaritas. They're like frozen blended margaritas. Mm. So you can't the do it. one. Yeah. You can't do a direct compare with dads. Yeah. But <laughs> they will sneak up on you. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, but at least we were smart enough not to have those until after graduation, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Much smarter. And, you know, Vandy's much classier. They serve champagne and strawberries after graduation. For that was awesome. It was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I went to such a fancy school until I found they were like, no, like, literally, there are tables of champagne and strawberries all over campus at graduation. I was like, wait, really? They're like, yeah. Why is this a surprise? I was like, I didn't go, I didn't go to a fancy undergrad school. Like, this is not what everybody does. Okay, people? <laughs> I went to a land grant school. <laughs> I went to a land grant school in Indiana, where you're lucky if they're serving cold beer at the frat parties. <laughs> Depends on if it's snowing outside or not, whether <laughs> right, the beer is exactly. cold. <laughs> but yeah, those are some of my vivid cocktail memories. Um, but I mean, we we always make it's like happy hour is a very regular sta- staple in the house. Right. Um, may not be fancy, but gin tonics, dad's margaritas. Yeah. Have you gotten behind the rusty nail? No, it's not really my jam. Like that. Yeah. Not a blood and sand girl either. I could do a really well made blood and sand. That's fair. But a not like they're iffy. Yeah. And so there's a to me there's a difference also with like the Luxardo cherry liqueur and cherry herring. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta use cherry herring and if you can use blood orange juice, like yeah. it's Obviously, it's better, all the but... difference. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. I mean, what about on the cruise y'all took? Oh yeah, <laughs> we went um, 
on a Panama Canal cruise because me and dad are nerds. Um, a friend of mine said, hey, I'm going to go on this Panama Canal cruise with my parents. Would you want to come and so you can share a room with me? It's kind of her birthday is Halloween, which is the day before mom's birthday. Yeah. And she's like, it's kind of over my birthday. I was like, do you mind if I invite my parents? She's like, no. <laughs> Anybody who knows our parents <laughs> will be like, sure. They can Absolutely. Come. If they don't know, they're like, eh, it's like, trust me. Yeah. This way. <laughs> so Jerry and her family aren't aren't real big drinkers, but um, <laughs> we went, got on the boat, you know, you get to your rooms. We had the all-inclusive beverage package. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Because money. <laughs> drinks. Um, and dad, man, he must have tested every bar on the boat in like the first <laughs> day and picked his favorite. Because then he had his favorite, and it was the only one he would go to. <laughs> it was like, when in doubt, where's dad? Check his bar. <laughs> it's the engineer in him. He's got he's to test he, it. He, like, made his friend. He, like, trusted the bartender. Yeah. Like, they they knew how to make his drinks, and they did it, even though it was more alcohol than they were supposed to put in a cup. Yeah. And he, he probably, in, by the end of the trip, probably knew the bartender schedules too oh, so he knew when to, his bartender was there not only did he know the bartender's schedules he knew the bartenders like kids and oh, yeah. like all their names and like where they was from all the things i remember i think it was antigua guatemala we got off the boat but mom and dad didn't and we went and we did our little tour and we had stopped at the uh, brewery in antigua mm. and I didn't want to get pint glasses because I knew that would get me kicked out of the club by mom real fast. <laughs> I bought myself one. <laughs> but for dad, I got him a sticker. Well, for the all-inclusive beverages, you had a special cup. <laughs> yeah. And so we got back on the boat. I'm like, I wonder where dad is. So you can call the different bars. They have distinct extensions and so i literally called dad's bar and was like hey is john mills there and he's like yep he's here i just i just poured him a drink and i was like okay i'll be there in a minute <laughs> so i get up there with dad's sticker he's like how'd you know i was here i was like i called and checked called the bar down <laughs> mark in the 50s <laughs> <laughs> exactly he's like oh yeah i guess i guess what's his name did say something about that like, how many of these have you had today but it doesn't matter <laughs> exactly don't count <laughs> That cup still exists with that sticker on it in the house today. Really? Yeah. Which cup? It's the blue cup with the Antigua Brewing Company sticker on it. I used it last time I was here for water cup on our drives. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> oh, man. See, I don't really have a whole, whole lot of traveling. Yeah. Drinking. I mean, there are hundreds of them at Crush. <laughs> here in town. Yeah. Wine and a good time. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. Always. I've never, I don't think I've ever, see, since I've been 21, I haven't gone on a whole lot of trips with mom and dad. Yeah. We have our like Christmas trips. Yeah. You've but missed one or two. I missed, well, I've missed one of them. Yeah. But, I mean, shots the best, with Santa was I mean, the best one is shots with Santa. Like, that's hands down going to go down legendary in the family forever. Also, I think Dad had a mustache. For some reason, I think Dad had a mustache. Just a mustache? I think just a mustache. Mm. I didn't think he rocked a mustache. Well, remember there was a couple of years where he would do like the... Oh, no, he had a Fu, Fu Manchu. Man I would believe that. I think he had a Fu Manchu for that one. Yeah. Because that was like just a carryover from November. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about that. I remember... <laughs> remember some very vivid memories of when dad shaved off his full beard for the first time and we were six and two respectively oh yeah see i don't remember that one what i remember was when i was in high school before mm. he before he got his job in arkansas and he shaved it off and then came to pick me up from basketball or something and i walk out of the school and i'm like looking around i see this dude in the car and i start walking toward it and i'm like wait a minute no i step back and the only reason I got the car was because I realized I recognized the car. <laughs> it took me like a good three or four minutes yeah. just staring at it. And of course, dad didn't like poke his head out and say, hey, hey. it's me. <laughs> and just standing there. I don't know if he was reading a book or something. 
but he's just sitting there like waiting he's like uh it's like why didn't you say anything he's like oh i thought you saw me i thought you were doing something else you look like a different human being without a beard who are you (laughs) who are you oh my goodness yeah so what do you think of this now that we're into it a little bit i like it i do think i would like it if it was a little more sparkly which might be the timing yeah thing um but the flavor is really nice i would have maybe left out some of the ice and just added some more fizzy fizzy lifting juice yeah i didn't quite know because this is the first time i've made it and i use it i know like these type of cocktails yeah. usually have a bunch of yeah. ice in them so kind of why i did it that way but yeah i think it's really good this is very tasty lots of fun yeah um anything else i don't know I, don't, I can't think of any any fun any fun and funny stories so yeah well marie it's been great having you on these last last couple episodes thanks for having me yeah it's been good we'll have to we'll have to do it again sometime soon yeah and next week is a wine week and dad and i will be doing new zealand wine cheers <laughs> um but it's gonna it'll, it'll be lots of fun we hope to hope to have you guys back for our second podcast in 2022 and um, remember to follow us on all the socials we're on facebook instagram and twitter but most active on instagram in 2022 we may be dipping our toes into into tiktok but we'll see watch out world watch out world here we come (laughs) um so but remember we're on all your favorite podcast platforms give us a like star whatever your podcast platform asks for and tell your friends about us you know we've had a recently we've had a lot of growth with our podcast so we were very we're very thankful for that and it's all because of you guys talking about it and having a great so once again i'm josh mills and i'm Anne marie mills and we'll see you next time